Welcome back to the Simicold Network. I'm Chris. I'm Matt. And I am Honto. And this episode is going to start off a trend for February, and it is celebrating Black History Month. Uh, my pick this week was Do the Right Thing, directed by Spike Lee, uh, produced and written by. Um, let's go ahead and start right into this movie. What do you think it has on Rotten Tomatoes? Oh, we're going right into let's that. Let's go right to it. What's your Rotten I Tomatoes? I think it guess? has like a... 95%. That's oh, fine. Oh, I was going to say like 94. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, man. We got 94 <laughs> to 95? Yeah. 93. So you're both pretty Wow, close. you're right, dude. Nice. Good for you, like, you know... I did like the, the price is right where I, I block you out of the way so I can... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't what, you always want to be under? Because um, if you go over... Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> that's, <laughs> black, that's blackjack. Uh, yeah. <laughs> All right. How much was the budget? Uh, ballpark. This one's always tough. 50000 Yep. No. Matt? Oh, I don't know. How, uh, I don't know why I said yep. That's what I was saying. You said 50000 Yeah. It's yeah. probably like a lot higher than that. Oh, no, not man. 50,000. Be 50 million. Yeah, no, that's <laughs> it. He said 50,000. <laughs> 50, uh, 20 million. 20 million. Matt, what do you got? I'm going to go with 7 million. 6.5 million. Wow. Good guess. All right, Dude, I'm how really much, close. I'm how like, much did it make domestically? 150 million. Okay. Matt? 30 million. 27.5 million. <laughs> this is Matt. Matt just <laughs> lost the power. All right, there's one more, though. Okay, how much did it make worldwide? 70. 30 million. 37,295. Oh, really? A little, a little so, are you guys both were kind of equal. You guys yeah. are both pretty close to all this. So, what is your history with Do the Right Thing? Is this anybody's first time? No history. First time. Watcher. Really? Uh, <laughs> cool, great. First time talker. <laughs> uh, this is one of those movies where I cannot tell you how many times I've seen it. That's crazy. Yeah. I am yeah. more on the newer side of Spike Lee than the older yeah. side. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. I would like. I would say old before boy. Old watching it, old boy. <laughs> like it, before watching it, the last time I saw it was like high school. So that was like twelve years ago. Uh, I think I've seen this. This might have been my third time seeing it. Um, it's been a while since I've seen this too. Yeah, I've seen. It's more like, a, and it's. I think maybe it's because I've seen just like so much of it on TV. Yeah, was it on like, like one of the primo like premium channels, or was it like on? I don't think it was ever on like cable, right? Uh, like regular generic like no i saw it on fox kids you uh, <laughs> saturday morning cartoons the rosie perez scene where he's got the ice and it's like fox in, kids in the, opening, in the opening credits where she's like <laughs> um no I, I yeah i've seen it so many times on like tv so it's like i can't really place it how many times i've seen it that's mm. why um i had a big spike lee kick a couple years ago and i think matt joined in on most of those and this was just one of those ones we watched. Um, I don't think I watch this as much as his other ones. Um, yeah, I've seen, I've seen Jungle Fever more than this. That's probably the one I've seen the most, either that or Girl 6. I think um, the first one I saw was Son of Sam. So oh, actually, Son of Sam I've seen a lot, too. The best yeah. scenes of that movie. The, be- <laughs> the best <laughs> scenes. Dude, Son of Sam has... <laughs> There's that whole scene at the end where... Um, man, I haven't seen it in a while, so I'm going to get it wrong. Do you remember when they play uh, the Who's Bob O'Reilly? Yeah. And then, like, Adrian Brody's playing, like, the guitar, and, like, everything is going down. It's a really cool is that scene. towards the end? Or? Yeah, towards oh, wait, the when end. When he's, like, in this punk phase? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, that's a really memorable scene. I always yeah. remember that. But um, going back to Do the Right Thing, uh, Hanto, you want to dive in with some uh, cast and crew info, please? Sure. We have Spike Lee playing Mookie, Danny Aiello, R.I.P. I forgot that he uh, passed away. It was, like, a week or two ago, right? Was it? Yeah. Oh wow! It was like really recent. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, they, was recent this is uh, I was watching the Oscars in memoriam, and yeah. I saw his name. as completely. It was definitely this year for sure, dude. So. So, okay, now you brought that up really quick. I'll be fast. They, they Oscars. They missed some people. They left out Sid Hag. Yeah, and they left out Luke Perry. I yep. heard. Yep. I was yep. like, yep. man, I like I can't believe you guys like they. Uh, so there's a podcast I listen to, and they called this Cinema Call. I know. No. <laughs> yeah, I listen to our own podcast. <laughs> Uh, podcast I listen to, they call it uh, Farina'd because Dennis Farina, like popular actor back in yeah. the day, uh, when he passed away, he got left out of the memoriam. Oh, so really? they call it like getting Farina'd. Really? When they get like big actors, or not bigger, but like people that should yeah. be in it get left out. I thought they said they call that uh, getting Munson'd. Getting Munson'd. <laughs> out of the middle of nowhere. <laughs> out of the middle of nowhere. Now get what does that mean? <laughs> uh, we have Aussie Davis playing DeMayer, Ruby D as mother sister. Giancarlo Esposito, who I didn't realize was in this movie until like last month. Okay. He plays Gus Fring in Better Call oh, Saul. Yeah. Even and... though we talk about it all the time. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Dude, I, I hear he brought it up on this podcast like previous episode, more so uh, Maximum Overdrive, he was in that yeah, movie. Yeah. But uh he most recently he was in uh The Mandalorian. 
Oh, he's, yeah, that's he's a big bad. I always, whenever I hear his name, I'm like, I have no idea who that is. And then when you, I, I know who he is. He's but, bugging yeah. out. Is his is his name in this movie? Is it really? Yeah. Uh, we have Bill Nunn uh, as Radio Rahim, okay. John Turturro. Sister Act, very Spider Man. But no, he wasn't in Sister Act. Spider Man. No, One, you're two, thinking three. of. Uh, I'm getting people. You're thinking of a movie up. where he's a cop. What's he a cop in? Uh, if you can get it without looking it up, but you can go ahead and keep going. But yeah, keep going. Matt, go ahead and uh, find out. John Turturro as Pino, which is the son of Danny Aiello's character, Richard Edson, who plays the car valet and Ferris Bueller. He plays another son of Danny Aiello. Hey, what do you Don't think? Don't worry, this is? I am a professional. A professional <laughs> well, I remember, what? <laughs> I remember more from Mario Brothers. Yeah, Mario Brothers. He yeah. plays um, uh, Fisher Stevens' like buddy in that movie. Is that who You're he is? right. It's yeah. Sister Act. He is in Sister Act? Yeah, that's what I'm thinking of, too. It's Sister Act, yeah. Okay. Right. And he's also in a movie that I enjoy, Catherine Bigelow's Strange Days. Is that the oh, Kurt Cobain one? I've never one? seen that. I've always no, it's pretty good. It. Is that the I Kurt Cobain like... one? No, no. Okay, it's like, what was it's Gus Van Saint's movie? That is... can't his, remember. I think his, his but is But it has uh, Michael, Michael Pitt playing I'll the, look it uh, in. Yeah. the Kurt Wait, Cobain keep role. Going. Matt, you're just going to play on your phone while we... Uh, we, yeah, when we need going. something. Roger uh, Guinevere... Last Days. Last Days, that's what I was thinking of. Last. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, yep, yep. Roger Guinevere Smith as Smiley. Rosie Perez as Tina. Uh, Joey Lee as Jade. Martin Lawrence as C. Uh, and then most memorable for me that kind of stood out was uh, Steve Park, who played the convenience store, the Korean convenience store owner. Yeah. Uh, he's popped up in a few movies. Uh, he played... Uh, the high school friend that Francis McDormand meets up in Fargo. Okay. I don't know if you remember that scene at all. Mm-mm. And he actually steals one of the funniest scenes in A Serious Man, which is also a Coen Brothers movie. Okay. And I've never se- I haven't seen A Serious Man. Serious Man is awesome. Yeah, I just uh, haven't gotten around to watching it yet. And he's slated to appear in the new Wes Anderson movie, uh, The French Dispatch. Okay, cool. So, okay. What are your guys' thoughts on that, by the way, French Dispatch? I'm excited. Chris and I were actually talking about yeah. it the other day. There's um, some funny scenes in it. It's an, it looks like an, it's an anthology. It is, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. I think, I mean... I like Wes Anderson, but I mean I haven't seen his past too. But I feel like when we I mean we just talked about Life Aquatic and everything, but yeah, um, and like I see it, I'm like okay, looks like a Wes Anderson. Movie. Yeah, that's it's, what everyone was saying. It's on got Reddit. your typical yeah. tropes and stuff. But yeah, Chris and I were cracking up at the. Uh, it's like towards the end where it's like it's like an empty room and like the police start busting through the walls and they're just pointing in different directions with their guns. Yeah, there's like ten funny. cops and they're all pointing in different directions. <laughs> I think some people a... propelled down from the ceiling and they're all just pointing guns in different directions. Such a weird scene. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I think that's mostly it. Frank Vincent, uh, who plays Charlie, he's the guy that's driving during the fire hydrant scene. Uh, he was in, I think he was in. Um, he's Goodfellas, Casino, and Goodfellas, yeah. okay. and I think he also plays a role in Sopranos, one, okay. of, one of the major mob bosses. So and uh, yeah, Martin Lawrence. Yeah, that's what I mentioned. Yeah, Martin this Lawrence. is oh, Martin Lawrence. I'm this sorry. is Martin Lawrence's uh, first movie. Really? Yeah, yeah. And uh, one person that I thought was the main character in this movie, but ended up only heavily in like one scene, is John Savage, who plays the guy that runs into uh, John Savage. He plays. Uh, he's one of the main characters in Deer Hunter with, with Deer Christopher Hunter. Walken. Mm-hmm. Pretty good movie. But uh, I thought he was the main character of this movie. Who, who, who is he in this? He runs into uh, Giancarlo Esposito in his shoes, and he's like, Man, "Oh, that's he him." Oh, okay. Effed up your shoes, dude. Yeah, it's Jordan's. I actually I have no idea who that guy was. Oh, so, really? Yeah. Yeah. But. Um, can we talk about? Do you guys know who was supposed to be in this movie? Mm-mm. Did you guys read this at no all? No trivia. I read that Wesley Snipes was one that really uh, was going to be it, and I also read that um, Lawrence Fishburne turned down this movie, which is not a surprise because I feel like any awesome movie that came out in the '90s, Lawrence Fishburne turned it down at one point. That's Did we? True, we yeah. talked about that, didn't we? Right, yeah. This is '89. This is '89. But around this era, yeah, we talked about where like his agent. Yeah, because we were talking turned about... Turned down um, Pulp Fiction and Die Hard with a Vengeance. Well, he yeah. turned down Pulp Fiction so he could do Fled. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really? I have no idea. Yeah, his, his uh, agent promised in three years you'll do Fled. <laughs> uh, no, yeah, we talked about in the Dream Warriors episode back in October Scarefest. Yeah. So. Um, no, I read that um, De Niro was offered to play Sal. Oh, and interesting. He, he read the oh, script. Okay. I did read this, yeah. he yeah. talked to Spike Lee. And he's like, he's like, I love the script. He's like, it's just not for me. So, I, well, I think a lot of it because it was so, um, uh, because I, I think it was Danny Aiello. Aiello. Aiello uh, had the, I think the same kind of reservations about it, but it was it's like a stereotypical Italian. Yeah, like it's a stereotype because it's like an Italian it kind of, that it's runs a, 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 uh, a yeah. Yeah. Sal, you know. Yeah, and I think that's why like. 
possibly okay. De Niro turned it down. I think Danny, I don't know. I'm, this isn't trivia. This is just my kind of like. I think Di- Danny Aiello does a fantastic job in this yeah, movie. Yeah, he, he was uh, nominated for an Oscar for it. He was. Wow. Yeah, yeah he kills it. Out. Um, yeah, he does a really good job. I mean, obviously, and you know, you always want to see like what ifs and like how De Niro would have taken the role. I'm sure he would have been done fine with it. Yeah. What was um, he doing? You know, one of my favorite De Niro roles is though. Like, uh. and he, I think around this time, this is when he was like, I got to do other stuff. Was um. And it's, it's a couple of years later, but Mad Dog and Glory. I've never seen it. I've That's seen what Thurman yeah. and yeah, it's kind of a cool like reverse casting where it's it's Robert De Niro falls in love with Uma Thurman, uh, and Bill Murray also falls in love with her. But Bill Murray's like the mob boss, and Robert De Niro's the normal guy. Oh. So it's like reverse casting where yes, it's right, like about that. so it's cool. kind of cool to like see. Yeah. Yeah, I so, always like those when they do the role reversals. Yeah, I, would not, I wouldn't be surprised if that's what kind of De Niro wanted to do. Is like, hey, I yeah. just want to kind of do other. I've done a lot of like, which New actually would work Italian movies. What actually would have been good because I mean, yeah, it would be good because he's used to playing like the tough guy mobster and he's playing a pizza owner. It would have been a role reversal. I feel like in, this movie. in a sense, yeah, I think it would have been fine. I yeah. think he would have. Um, I guess he is coming off of either about to do or had already done Bronx Tale, where he plays the kind of straight straight man like okay. the, the, yeah. the kid's dad basically which is like i think he was about to do bronx tale okay bronx bronx tale bronx tale like 90, 90 something yeah yep whenever i hear bronx tale i think of the movie patrick swayze um and it was like somebody played he played i think patrick swayze played um what's like the big farmer with the ox um, oh oh tall tale tall tale yeah that's his movies with paul bunyan and like paul bunyan yeah. that's his name and uh Pecos, paul bunyan from married with children isn't it pecos bill he rides the tornado yeah. with the lasso is it? Woo! Yeah. yeah, yeah. That was a clip from the movie. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you guys know the Oscar trivia or the Oscar um, background with this movie? I do not. Oh, can I read this one? Do you got it? Yeah, I, I had this. I don't know what you got. Like, Ours my, might be different. No, it's ahead. the same thing. I'm okay. pretty sure because this is pretty, uh, pretty big. Okay. So the year that this, uh, the year of the Oscars was 1990. Argo just won. <laughs> 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 No. Good, good callback, dude. That was good. Callback to an older episode, but no, it's not. So it's 1990 when this Oscars is happening, and Kim Basinger goes up to announce the uh, what the the best five movies are that year. Did you say all La La Land, La La Land, La La Land, and La La Land? This is kind of a surprise thing from Kim Basinger, right? Uh, she goes up and she says, "All I'll I'll, I'll vote or I'll um, vote. I'll say it uh, verbatim here. Okay, I'll quote. It I have verbatim. no idea what you're about to say. By the Should way, I just okay. cut to a clip of Kip Basinger. <laughs> it says, "We've got five great films here, and they're great for one reason because they tell the truth. But there is one film missing from this list that deserves to be on it because, ironically, it might tell the biggest truth of all, and that's to do the right thing." Hmm. She said that? Yeah. Oh, cool. And she got like in trouble because like she went off script. Really? So uh so she caused some controversy, but like that's pretty cool. Spike Lee like thanked her later on. That's like, really cool. Isn't that random? Yeah, that's like, awesome. Out of all people you could think of I'm like Kim Basin would be Dude, the last I person mean, I like, imagine like at the Oscars that would go off script and say something like Yeah. I uh, mean, no joke, this movie had some like pretty powerful messages, I feel like. Yeah. And then the end like big climactic sequence like it's very reminiscent of something that just recently happened within like mm. the last eight years or you know five to ten years or whatever well what's even weirder is that this and i feel like spike lee movies we just talked about it with um uh black klansman mm. the ending of that when he shows like the clips of like hey, oh this right. is still going on Dude, that message was awesome yeah and i feel like his movies are kind of like hey like yeah. i don't want to say i guess timeless is the word i'm looking for because they're still yeah they're just he's just pointing out exactly yeah. what's going on yeah. in current history you know yeah. at the yeah. time of the movie that, that was released mm. you know? well and that one that's weird too is this movie comes out like a year before the rodney king right thing which is right. even weirder because yeah. it's pretty much the exact same scenario yeah um, but no, this movie lost. I mean, it wasn't up, but you know what won that year? That's what I'm looking up right it now. It was Driving Miss Daisy. <laughs> was it really? Which is like the like the whitest, like, I yeah. mean, whatever. I mean, it's like the complete yeah. opposite of Do the Right Thing. Driving Miss Daisy is uh, basically Green Book, right? Yeah, kind of. I mean, In I a way, either, so it's I like a reverse Green Book where it's like... <laughs> I guess, It's yeah. like, I mean, you're taking a time period, right? And yeah. it's like... And you're just flipping the characters' positions. 
But it's all about like trying to understand each other's race. You know, yeah, trying to and which they race. might both be good movies. I don't know. I haven't seen them. Yeah, I haven't seen Green Book. I remember Green Book got like shit on a lot. Green though. Book is like the. Did you see it? I did not see it, but I heard like when when it came out, I remember the reviews not being that great. Well, well I remember a the lot reviews of, like, There's a lot of controversy with it. Yeah, and a lot of it was like uh, uh, Aliyah Marshall uh, Ali's um, character, his family. Oh right, yeah. Came that. that that character's family came out and said that the movie was like bullshit yeah so it was kind of like oh, oh really? really so it's like yeah it, it was kind of a weird um i'm trying not to think about it i just want to go into the movie and watch it just and watch it for it. a movie yeah yeah but I'm, but I'm trying not to think about all the controversy that it kind of like um spun up yeah <laughs> i thought there was more sorry um let me look this up while you're oh wait, wait, wait i got something Hold on. While you're doing that, I got something. Is it about Green Book? Yes. Okay, hold on, hold on. I was actually about driving Miss Daisy. Three, two, one. Uh, Interesting trivia, too, that I found out was that this movie was um, uh, Michelle and Barack Obama's first date movie. Oh. Was Do the Right Thing. Interesting. And he said that, like, it was either going to be this or Driving Miss Daisy. (laughs) Oh, really? Yeah. He's like, that was the two movies that he, like, uh, that they kind of, like, juggled with. Well, um, like yours would have been like, for instance, like yours could have been like swim fan. Oh man, know? I so, wish. Like, <laughs> what's the what's the movie? So you're saying my first one where I took Michelle Obama to the movies could have been swim fan. No, yeah. If you took your like your first date, you'd be yeah. like, yeah, my first date movie. Like, if you were the something. president, you're like, yeah. yeah, my my our first movie was swim fan. But what's the <laughs> what's the movie equivalent at the time that was like like clock stoppers or something? That's, I just picked that because it has the same guy. Yeah, Clockstoppers. <laughs> oh wait, wait, which one's Clockstoppers? That's the Nickelodeon. That's like, what I thought. Okay. The, plot, the plot is literally in the Jess, title. Jesse, I was, whatever his name is. I was thinking when you said it, I was thinking of the Spike Lee movie. Oh, um, Clock, or not, no, Clockers. 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 Yeah, man, I cannot Which, get. By the way, I butchered today. that trivia. Up. I remember, really? like, I remember telling you guys, Matt, that. no one's gonna remember from twenty five episodes. <laughs> now, there ago. was that one where I talked about it, and it was like uh, that Scorsese had the screen, or Spike Lee had the screenplay for Casino, and Scorsese had the one yeah, for Clockers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, what it was is just Scorsese turned down. The screenplay for Clockers, cool. And you did casino revised uh, cinema cult history. I know. Oh, cool. But I, I really that jumped into his Delorean. That's <laughs> <laughs> a dude. Clockers is an awesome. Is a good. I movie too. Never that's saw awesome Clockers. Seen it. Yeah, that's a good one. But let's go ahead at this point and let's go ahead and dive into the movie. Uh, let's talk about the five to six minute opening. This is very long of and Rosie it. Perez dancing. <laughs> Which I had totally forgotten about. I think this is an awesome opening. To it's the actually movie. pretty awesome <laughs> because the movie starts off with the score, and it's kind of like not pretty, but it's kind of like do the calming. right thing, do the right thing. Yeah, that's do the it. right yeah. thing. Yeah, that's it. And then all of a sudden, it cuts into the song, and it's just kind of like this in your face for five minutes. The, I will say, not the like spoiler alert. The colors in this movie are awesome. Yeah, yeah. like they did a really good job with um, like these colors popping out in the movie. Right. I'd actually read that they tried to put red in every scene of the oh, movie. Okay. To like signify really? the heat, and they tried to use no blues and no Dude, greens. They didn't even need to do that. They just needed to show people sweating. I was already feeling it. Well, you know how they did. You read anybody read how they got the effect of making it look really hot outside? Okay, so when you go to like um like a buffet, okay, they, they shot have, in the summer. Oh, they, yeah, <laughs> they shot in the summer. They shot on location. In order to achieve the look, they shot in summer. <laughs> they shot in August heat. <laughs> no, they went. Uh, you know when you go to a buffet and they have like the shapers the, the food in them. Yeah. Um, underneath they're called sternos that keep the food hot. They would put a sterno right in front of the camera, oh, man. and that would create the waves. Oh, the wave! Okay, to make it look like oh, really? Um, that's like cool. heat was rising off the ground. That's pretty. Oh, cool. that's really cool. Really cool. Uh, yeah. There's actually uh, not to get too technical, but even the shots in this film, there's some gorgeous looking. There's some shots. pretty good stuff yeah. in here. And I meant to look up who the cinematographer was because, um, and it's a name too. If I saw the name, I would know it. Yeah, he's um, one of Scorsese's students, right? Spike Lee? Yeah. I, I've heard that before, and I always forget that. Like, actually. when Scorsese was teaching at NYU, uh, two of his students were Oliver Stone and Spike Lee. Really? Yeah. I don't Dude. know how long he taught at NYU, but it was like, I think it was kind of, it, it might have been for like, uh, when he was act- an actual teacher, or when he just came in to teach like a class. Okay. But uh, two of his students were Spike Lee and Oliver Stone, which is kind of cool. Speaking of, not to like change subject, but Oliver Stone, I haven't heard that name in a while. Yeah. I couldn't even tell you what the last He's name kind of he overrated. was. Um. He is and he isn't like his style. Like in the early, the doors 90s. is awesome, man. Yeah, doors That's is like, solid. Doors pretty good. Yeah, um, I like Born on the Fourth of July. No one's. I never excellent. saw it. I've always wanted to. Uh, that cinematographer, by the way, is Ernest Dickerson. Okay. Uh, oh, Juice. is it really? Is it Ernest Dickerson? Juice, Demon Knight, Bulletproof, Bulletproof Two. Is it really Bulletproof Two? No, 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 no. Bulletproof. he directed Demon Knight, right? Yeah. Uh, did he? 
I think. Oh he, no! I'm sorry. He did direct those movies. Those oh, he movies did, he oh, he directed Jews too. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. I was gonna say he's a guest director on Walking Dead a lot too. I think. Oh, cool. He could okay. be. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know anything. <laughs> sure. Why not? <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I uh, I'll look him up real quick. Malcolm Malcolm X, which is another cinema, uh, Spike Lee, Jungle Fever. Okay. He does. Yeah, Mo Better Blues. Of, do the right, right thing. School Day. Random. He did Eddie Murphy's Raw. Yep, that's correct. Yep. Okay, so he's got a pretty good career under his yep. belt. Um, did he direct? Um, did you say he did direct Demon Knight? Yeah, those are the movie. The first movies I list are all. Is what he directed. actually directed? Yeah, yeah so yeah. he okay. directed. Uh, do you want me to do directed, or did you already say all these? The first list is Demon Knight, Juice. Those lists of movies are the ones. Bulletproof yeah. Bones, yeah. Mm-hmm. The Wire. I never saw Bones. I don't know. If that's oh, any did good. he do the Wire? That's, uh, too? That's, Snoop Dogg, isn't no, it? No, that's the t- no, that's the TV show. I oh, think. I think you're talking Bones, the Snoop Dogg movie. Yeah, yeah, oh, it, it is. Yeah, sorry, yeah. it is. Okay. Oh man. Um, <laughs> would, um, yeah, he's probably listening right now. Did he do like, Black Klansman as well? My t- from my- no, I don't think so. It's not listed on there. Okay. All right. Uh, so to continue on with the movie, so it's kind of hard to go scene by scene through the movie because there's like a hundred characters in this movie. It's kind of like the uh, he's just not into you, just not into you of like this movie because there's like a million characters and a million stories going on. Um, so I'm not going to go through all of them, but I mean, there's like. Yeah, like Sam Jackson, who's kind of like a background character. Given- He's like the voice of uh, the voice of the neighborhood. Oh, that's a cool way of looking at it. Kind of yeah. like uh, what's her name from Warriors. Yep, exactly. Right. Yeah. yeah. Oh, AKA, yeah. AKA, yeah. AKA the commissioner from uh, Where in the World Is Carmen San Diego, the game show. Oh, really? Yeah. I know. Yeah. Also but, in Liar Liar. Um, but yeah, you meet all these characters, and um, I'm sure every character has a point to the movie, but some just are kind of like. I don't know. To me, don't really push the story forward. Yeah, you got your basically. It's just the the primary, secondary, and tertiary. You got some yeah, background tertiary totally. characters. But this, I like this kind of narrative thread a lot. Uh, what are some common movies like okay. this narrative thread? Okay, I this is like a for or me, more recent movies, not common. More recent. I'm not even gonna say movies. This is like a comic book thing that mm-hmm. I really enjoy. It's a, it's a it's in Watchmen a lot. Okay, it's in uh, yeah Dark Knight exactly. Re- Dark Knight Returns a yeah, lot. Yeah, yeah where yeah. it's like. You're basically you have this overall narrative that's going on with the main character, right? So say you know Mookie's our main character, right? But then you've got like these side stories that's just kind of building the world They're around them, paralleling and kind of tying into. But it's like almost like a um, a boiling point, yes. Where it's like the society around them is like getting to the point where it's about to explode, and you see it in Watchmen, and you see it in Dark Knight Returns. You see it a lot in comic books, yeah. Where they'll jump off and just show this random. This is. You know, blah 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 character on the street like so, that has nothing to do with a really good superhero. Point, yeah. Like, so it's like, and it's really cool. And this is this is one of my complaints with the new Watchmen series. Okay, they, yeah, this is something I can see. Yeah, weird. I'm only bringing this. I just got done finishing Watchmen. This is and what we'll I want eventually to see. talk about our superhero movies that we were supposed to do in November, but we'll get to it. In, is it really November? Yeah, November. Yeah, is supposed yeah to be. movies. I'm sure, I'm sure everybody's okay with us putting yeah. off Green Lantern. But I'm trying to think of movies that do it. If though. you like that style of storytelling, then you should definitely watch The Wire from HBO because that's each season really? of that show is basically multiple perspectives and they all culminate to a main plot thread. Basically. That's cool. Yeah. And each season is not necessarily following the same. I mean, they follow the cops and the crime side. But like in season two, they follow like the Port Authority and it's like how that is involved. And then, like, the rest of the TV show, it's not... They, they don't even focus on the Port Authority. Like, season four, they focus on the school system, so there's, like, kids involved now. And then season five, they have, like, the newspaper aspect of, like, approaching a story, the, the main oh, cool. plot thread. So each of the seasons, basically, it's, like, multiple perspectives of a main plot thread, basically. Okay. Kind of like a TV version of Vantage Point. Stop. <laughs> Rewind. <laughs> yeah, I always remember from exactly. That. I always remember from the that clo- uh, the the trailer of that movie where it's like they're looking at the security footage and it's just like stop. Rewind. <laughs> Dude, I saw it's it like, in theaters, man. I remember the, the concept. Date was really movie. cool. It was a date movie. Is, I don't it, think, is nah, it good? Nah. It was okay. Yeah, it's one of those ones with the co- the, the concept like, where than the execution where they do like a uh, was it the devil knows you're dead or was it that movie with Philip Seymour Hoffman that before the devil knows you're dead. I've never seen it. Oh, yeah, it's the same concept yeah. where it's like explosion, and it's like let's rewind to see this other perspective. Oh, really? It's a cool concept. Yeah, I like it. Um, but yeah, actually, comparing that to this, okay, I don't want to say there's wasted characters in the movie because there's not. But yeah, you're like you're saying they're building a world. Yeah, yeah, and it is kind of like it's all takes place in this one neighborhood. Yeah, they don't explore beyond this single area. No, you're right. You're right. Because we're kind of all building up to that last moment in the movie. Where oh, for sure, it's like the boiling chaos is the, about to break the boiling out. pipe uh, yeah. point, basically. So then you add that to the heat, and it's like 
Yeah, I mean, it's very, it's palpable. The summer heat is like causing it to slowly rise. The tensions are rising. Yeah, Yeah. because if you've never seen the movie, um, it's that's all it's about is basically racial tensions building throughout the hottest day of the year. And they even have like that brief scene in this movie where it's like different perspective, the different characters that we're following. It's like their hatred towards one specific race or whatever. And I think that should have started off the movie. Could you imagine sitting down in a movie? I do. And having like a first person view of someone yelling, blah, 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 about what well, you then, think yeah, about this race. It kind and, of introduces like who this character is and what they're all about, basically. Or it kind of just sets up the story of like race hate, pretty right. much, or just racial tensions. I know? thought it was interesting that they use that scene in this movie and they kind of revisit uh, later. He Spike Lee revisits later in the 25th hour with Ed Norton. And it's kind of the same thing where it's him like basically talking to himself in the mirror and he's like talking about his hatred for different okay. basically groups of people in New York. And then at the end of the monologue, it's like, no, like F you. Like, he hates himself basically. For okay. The, the I even see, I, I remember really liking that movie. I think I've only seen it once. It's pretty though. good. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. It's, I remember it being pretty awesome. Speaking of The Wire, there's a character, uh, he's a senator or a mayor in The Wire, but his whole catchphrase is shit. Oh, oh yeah, because he, he does it okay. in... Uh, He's in 25th Hour, and there's that one with... Uh, that movie it, he does with Ed Helms. Ed Helms, yeah, the what, business trip. There's like a business trip movie that he does with Ed Helms, and it's him quoting himself from yeah. The Wire. Yeah, yes. he's, he's, okay. tra- he's trying is, to act tough. And he's you just looking says, it up? Uh, I can't yeah, I'll I know look it up. It's like uh, Cuyahoga Falls or yes. something, something Falls. or yeah. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Okay, yeah, I always quote... Cedar Rapids? Cedar Rapids. Cedar Rapids. <laughs> it's kind of close. Very That's close. close. It's about water. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I totally forgot about that line because every now and then I'll pop my head and I'm like, what's that from? Yeah. You can't just search it online. You can't yeah. just yeah. type it under Google. Honestly, if you type in Google, like S-H-I-I... I'll stretch it out. I'm sure. He does it again in... God, I want to say it's he does again because it's... I think he's the arresting officer in. Uh, so he's the arresting. She hate me. That's what I say. I thought it was. She well, hate he me. says it in Twenty Fifth Hour because he busts. The reason why Ed Norton gets buses, he's like basically like storing coke at his house, yeah. like packages of or it's like coke or heroin, mm-hmm. and the they get a tip. The cops get a tip, and he comes into Ed Norton's apartment, gets the coke, basically finds it and says, "What is this?" She. Yeah. It's yeah. Like, yeah. It's like oh, it's the same. It's Clay Davis doing his oh, thing. Yeah, and then cuts, so what's his name from um, uh, Tales from the Hood? He's like, oh, yes, this shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I think he does say it in She Hate Me. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I want to say yeah. he does it in She Hate Me. I'm, uh, But I've only seen She Hate Me once. I've seen it a couple times. For some reason, I think I've watched She Hate Me more than any other Spike Lee movie. Um, I couldn't tell you why, though. Um, but to continue on with the movie, um, we meet a bunch of characters. Like I said, it's a bunch of like stories creating this whole world. We have Mookie, played by Spike Lee. He works at Sal's Pizzeria, um, which is owned by Italian-Americans. And, okay, do you think Spike Lee has a good relationship with Sal, the owner of the pizzeria? In the beginning, yes. Okay, so you think it diminishes towards the end? And then kind of resumes, back, to, like goes back to normal, okay. I feel like. Yeah, it's kind of I hard. feel like whatever you think it is, Spike Lee says it's wrong. Yeah, I know. Um, yeah, I, kind of read... got, I kind of got a hint from, uh, especially the big, the big climatic scene that okay you know so in. Spike Lee oh I, I I got a better interpretation of that by the way okay yeah Spike Lee has what he intended for the movie to mean and what how people take it and he's like black audiences took it this way and white yeah. audiences took it this way right um but yeah so Mookie works at this pizzeria shop and it's basically about him all day just delivering pizzas and it's basically him just walking around town getting the lay of the land and like meeting not meeting but like just running into different people. It, it takes an hour and a half to deliver a pizza for each one. He, <laughs> he will, he'll, like, he'll go he, out, deliver a pizza, and then he's like, I'm going to go home and take a shower. Yeah. And he like, takes a shower. I'm going to go rub this ice cube on uh, <laughs> <laughs> Rosie Perez. <laughs> um, we also have the side story of Ozzy Davis, who, what else is Ozzy Davis in? He was in, I feel like, um, was I he in Twilight uh, Zone? No, he was in um, Boba Hotep. Oh, oh, yeah, he was. Okay. Actually, yeah. yeah, I was going to say, he, like, that was his. Was that his last role? It could be. He passed away in two thousand five. Oh, okay. It was one of his then. last roles because they were talking about him coming back for Bubba Nosferatu. Yeah. So Ozzy Davis is has like this somewhat romantic relationship with is the lady in the window the lady from the stand mother sister yes um, it is yeah okay all right um, so they have this whole thing and at one point Ozzy Davis pulls Mookie to the side and he goes hey Mookie he's like yeah he's like hey do the right thing. And that's all he says. Now, I want you to think in the back of your head what do the right thing is. Yeah, that's, so, that's the comment. I want to come theme. to that. Yeah. yeah. 
because um, not only uh, spoiler alert, it's the title of the movie. Yeah. Um, he, he pulls him over. He's like, "Hey, Mookie." He's like, "Yeah." He's like, "Title of movie." You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. yeah. Always do the right thing. Matt was just staring at me. That's why I said it. Gotcha. I can tell when Matt zones out, and it was like, <laughs> "Yes." Yeah, Matt does that a lot. You can cut that whole thing out. All right, three. <laughs> what? <laughs> because I said it, and you were like staring at me. I didn't know how to play off it. Matt was like, "I'm doing multiple things right now." All right, go back. Um, uh, Ruby D, mother sister. I'm gonna cut over that. I'm gonna skip. Um, all right, three, two, one. Mom. Yep. Three, two, one. Our first kind of like I don't want to say pivotal scene, but that kind of like sets the story in motion is that who's the guy who plays Gus on Breaking Bad? Uh, Gene Carlo Esposito. What's his name in this? Bug Eyes. It's uh, Bugging Out. Bugging Out. Bug uh, Eyes. We'll, we'll call him Bug for short. What's his What's What's his name from uh, 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 Trailer Park Boys? Oh, uh, Bubbles. Yeah, Bubbles. Yeah, he's yeah, kind yeah. of he's like Bubbles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like Bubbles. Um, so Bug goes to Sal's Pizzeria. And he's, while he's eating, he looks up on the wall and he realizes the wall is filled with pictures of Italian Americans. Did I say Italian Americans? Yeah, you said okay. that, dude. Are you drunk? I think so. <laughs> What's going on right now? Like you're saying the correct things and then, and then you pause to go back double, in time. I thought checking. I said tiny Americans. Tiny, it's, it's tiny Americans. <laughs> and, and little Italy. <laughs> but uh, and that's what he has a problem with. He's like, hey, all these people in these pictures are all tiny Americans. How come there's nobody over five foot? Like... <laughs> Got, you got Tom Cruise up there. Hey, one day when you have a restaurant, you can put large Americans on there. Um, but he's upset because there's no black people up on these. Like, right. Because like, it's like pictures of De Niro and Pacino and everything, Sinatra. And so this is kind of like the key point in the movie that puts everything forward. It is, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So Bug gets really upset that there's no uh, black people up there. So Sal kicks him out because they get into an argument. And we'll come back to that. But we do have this scene with a water fight in the middle of the street. Yeah. And these kids are playing with a fire hydrant, and they end up spraying it into a convertible that passes by. Which is, this which is, is a total um, jerk move. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, but this starts another key point with the cops, which is weird because I feel like the cops come, and I could be completely reading this wrong, but the cops come, and they kind of like push this dude away like... Not our problem. Yeah, because like, I feel like they kind of have the neighborhoods back right here. Isn't it? Do I, is that come off wrong? It's or? weird. Yeah, because it's like obviously it wasn't his problem, but they're like giving uh, what's his name Vincent uh, the the guy in the convertible. They yeah. start giving him a bunch of trouble. That's what I mean. These cops give this guy trouble and like, hey, sir, do you uh, do you were able to get the perpetrator's name? Like, do you know what he looks like? Blah blah. blah. And then, That's what I mean. It's weird because I feel like they have the neighborhoods back right there at that scene. Yeah, mm-hmm. is that how it kind of came across? Yeah. yeah. Okay. But overall, there's like a lot of, um, you'll have, like, to talk about the racial tensions, you'll have like the cops versus black people, black people versus Korean people. And then they set yeah. up this whole thing. Yeah, it's like a boiling boiling pot, basically. Because like, I think the idea is that it's Mookie against the Italians is like the overall theme. Pino, which is, I think, John Turturro, is against African Americans. Okay. Latino Stevie is against the Koreans. Uh, the white police officer, which is Gary Long. Who's actually Danny Aiello's brother, I think? Rick Aiello? Yeah. Uh, he's or against... Or his son. Or son, maybe? Is that the guy with the mustache? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he's Wait, against... Wait, are you saying one, one of the cops? Yeah, one of the cops is... Yeah, yeah, I think it's his son. Uh, he, that, that cop is against Puerto Ricans, and then the Korean store owner, uh, owner Sonny, is against the Jews, basically, is the idea. Okay. So it's yeah. like multiple... Multiple things kind of, going on. Yeah. Um, so to further the story, we have Bug, who's uh, he starts to do this whole thing about boycott cells. Yeah, he's telling everybody don't go there. He actually ends up meeting up with um, Radio Radio Rahim, Rahim, which is Bill Nunn, because Radio Rahim comes in earlier and he's a complete jerk about it. But he's got a stereo blaring and, and he's got want a piece of pizza. He's like, no music in my pizzeria. Which, I'm doing that's a sound clip from yeah, uh, yeah that's sound horrible. clip from the movie. <laughs> no, which if you've never seen the movie, the movie. Um, Mookie, the Mookie. <laughs> Radio plays um, Public Enemies Fight the Power. Yep. It's the only song he likes. Yeah. And he says it. And if you've never heard the song before, by the end of the movie, you'll have every lyric memorized <laughs> because it's played like. Would this not drive you nuts, though, if a guy walked around playing the same song? Well, over I think and he's over playing like the song. Blast. What is your food request? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think he plays a song because of its meaning. Yeah. So that's what he's doing. But yeah, if that, like, oh, there's that guy who plays one song all yeah, the time. Yeah. Um, so him and Bug kind of like, yeah, we both hate Sal's. We should do something about it. So on a side note, 
So, um, radio, radio Rahim goes to get batteries for his boom. Box. Oh yeah. So he goes to the, the Korean yeah. owners, uh, convenience store. He asked for 20 D batteries. Did these boom boxes take 20? I'm almost positive. They wow. probably took like 10. Okay. Or maybe you just needed more for because later. what I remember back in the day is that like those big D batteries, or whatever yeah. they lined up, maybe two stack, two rows on the bottom. Yeah. And then another two rows on the top. You know, oh really? I don't remember that. Yeah, okay. but like I don't remember them taking twenty batteries. He but, probably just bought extras. But yeah. even ten is still insane. Yeah, you need ten D batteries for a boombox. It's the equivalent of like the, the the Game Gear. You need that many batteries to just the last. Game Gear took it was eight double A's, six ba- or six batteries. I thought was it six? Okay, yeah. I it was, okay. But the idea is that he probably got those batteries, and the boombox is only going to last two hours. Well, when you're playing the same song over and over for yeah. twenty four hours, it's going to wear out. <laughs> Can't quick. handle this song. <laughs> Uh, Mookie does take a break at one point to go visit his girlfriend, played by Rosie 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 Puez. Yeah, there you go. That's good. Um, and he meets up with her, and we have a very sensual scene of where he takes an ice cube and he rubs on her body on this hot day. Yeah. And Which trivia about this? I guess oh, like okay. they, they actually did in real life. <laughs> These were real ice cubes. <laughs> well, she's naked. Yeah. Right. Uh, they never show her face because she's crying during this. Why? Really? Because she was embarrassed to be naked. What? I yeah. mean, understandable, but... Uh, yeah, I was kind of like, this is kind of cringy, but then again, it is IMDb trivia. I don't know if it's true. Yeah, it was one of those uh, those IMDb writers on the set at the time. Yeah. I just saw her in uh, that new Birds of Prey movie. She's pretty good. Oh, yeah, she is mm-hmm. in it, yeah. I think the last thing I saw her in was Pineapple Express. Oh, okay. She was also very good in that movie. It yeah. said she later decided that she didn't mind and that that she appeared nude and again. She didn't pe- appear nude again in other movies. Yeah, she did in uh, White Man Can't Jump. Yeah. yeah, she didn't. Yeah. Um, so one fun awesome fact. movie, by the way. I need to watch yeah. it again, dude. It's like one of my like one of those movies. Like uh, if it's on TV, I'll watch it. Yeah, I agree with you. She's uh, studying so. to be on Jeopardy, right? Yeah, nice. that's her whole like her yeah, whole, whole like, like plot thread. Her whole plot thread in that movie is she's studying <laughs> to be on Jeopardy. Um, so I'm gonna read this. I think this is pretty interesting for you uh, film nerds. Um, so I'll just read what it says. An avid cinephile and student of film history, Spike Lee is such a massive fan of. Charles Lawton's Chest Thumper, Night of the Thunder. Oh, Night, Night of, of the Hunter. Oh yeah. So this is really cool. So Radio Raheem is based is awesome. off of okay. uh, a scene. Night of the Hunter is one of my favorite movies. Dude, like, that movie all time. rules hard. Yeah. And, I've never seen it. And that scene is awesome. Charles Lawton. Okay, so Night of the Hunter is Charles Lawton's only... He's an actor, if you don't know who he is. Uh, it's his only directorial movie. And because it was reviewed so poorly when it came out, he never went behind the camera again. Uh, but it's an it's a shame because it's an awesome, it's okay. just an excellent movie. And uh, in the movie, um, in this Night of the Hunter, in yeah. Night of the Hunter, yeah. uh, uh, Robert Mitchum, Robert Mitchum. I was gonna say Kirk Douglas. But yeah. I don't know why I'm I'm kind of like brain dead right now. I'm brain farted. Because uh, he's a reverend in the movie, but he's also kind of a bad. Yeah, dude. Robert Mitchum's a bad dude in the movie, and what he carries, uh, he has uh, tattooed love and hate on his knuckles. Yep, and he tells a whole story about love and hate. So it's, this is directly uh, it's taken his, from Night of the Hunter. That's right, that's yeah. put it's his like thing. sermon that he basically preaches about. And he does it when he does it in the movie Night of the Hunter. It's like really excellent. And Radio Rahim kind of does like a kind of like I feel like a different take on it. So okay. it's kind of awesome that he he kind of. I do like this scene in this movie. Uh, another thing that he said is Lee and cinematographer Ernest Dickerson also turned to classic noir, The Third Man, for its use of disorienting Dutch angles. The third yeah. Man is. Awesome. I, I've seen They're, it once a long time ago. And excellent use of Dutch angles in the climactic sequence of that film. Third yeah. Man's in my top ten favorite movies of all time. It's really? so yeah. damn good. I need to rewatch it. But yeah, I noticed that a lot of the, the Dutch angles. It's like very disorienting. A lot of like almost like fish eye lenses being used where it's like in your face. And it's just like mm. people talking and it's just kind of like weird angles. Well, there's also a lot of shots of like, um, I can't think of particular scenes, but where the camera yeah. will be very low and looking up at the character. That's what I mean, yeah. Yeah. You're thinking, then, what, are you thinking of what movie that's from? No, no, it's from Do the Right Thing. Oh, oh okay. Yeah. What are you saying? What are you going to say? Nothing. Oh. There's a scene that comes up that's, uh, I feel like it's important to the movie, or at least I found it important, is when Sal's sitting with his two sons and Mookie, and he's like, you know what? I'm going to rename this place. Uh, Sal and his two sons or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then he looks over at Mookie and he's like, Mookie, he's like, you're always going to have a job here. He's like, you're like a son to me. Right. So like, there's a really big connection here, but apparently 
I don't know. It's a it's a weird thing. I, I, yeah, and it's all building up to the, it's all building to the, to the end, end, right? Yeah. yeah, exactly. So they have this like really, you know, important conversation. And then we build up to the last half an hour of this movie. We got radio who comes in with Bug and they're playing the radio and Sal's stressing out. Yeah. Uh, they're supposed to have closed the shop, but they let a few more people in to close for the night. Radio comes in with uh, Bug playing the music, and Sal gets into like a huge fight. No with music when I'm working. Yeah. Can you imagine if like you walked around and you played Cotton Eye Joe all the time, and everyone's just like, <laughs> "No, Cotton Eye Joe." But or Mama Number Five. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> but dude, like this scene, man, the tension just builds right here. I, I like the I like the shots of like the fish eye. It's like in their faces of like Danny Aiello and Bill Dunn, and she yeah. goes back and forth. And it's a sweat pouring down and yeah. tensions rising. It's an awesome scene. And then Sal just loses it, and he grabs his bat, and he starts to destroy the radio. Um, not the person, but the actual radio. Wait, is that Cuba Gooden Jr., radio? Yeah, that's it. Cool. <laughs> Thanks for joining the conversation. <laughs> is that um, in your notes? <laughs> no, you just said radio. He beat up radio. So Sal and radio get into this huge fight, and the cops end up getting called. And the cops show up, and at this point, the neighborhoods kind of come over, too, to see what's going on. And the cops come, and they take radio... And I think there's like three cops. There's one on each arm, and then there's one behind radio with his um, nightstick. Is that what they're called? Yeah. And he's choking radio. And everybody's yelling, like, you're going to kill him, you're going to kill him. And he ends up killing radio, laying him on the ground. Like, this scene's actually really disturbing. So they kill radio, they lay him on the ground, they call him out for faking, and then they just throw him in the back of the cop car. It's exactly what happened recently back in, like, 2014 with Eric, uh, Eric Gardner. Okay. It's the yeah. same yeah. exact thing where it happened. That's what I'm saying. The is like the revel- or not the revelation, but the, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It starts with an R. Like the, that's connected to, like the, uh, nope, not happening. Um, <laughs> I was trying, dude. <laughs> I was so trying to. The relation between the two. Oh, oh the, yeah. yeah. The connection yeah. is insane. Them. Yeah. And um, it's disturbing because they take Bug and they arrest him and they take off with him. Um, and they don't even question Sal or anything. They just take off. White man in a black neighborhood, basically. Yeah. And so the cops take off, and everybody just stares at Sal, his two son, and Mookie. Yeah. And it's kind of like the show. This like the showdown. Yeah. And so Mookie walks across the street, grabs a garbage can, and throws it through Sal's window, which creates which creates like this entire like. It's just basically a, a riot that yeah. breaks out, and it destroys Sal's shop. Um, the one guy who uh, he's always selling the pictures of, like Malcolm X. That is Smiley. Smiley. Yeah, yeah, Smiley. Smiley ends up setting the place on fire. Um, total chaos. And my question for you is: Did Mookie throw the trash can through the window to save Sal, or did he throw it out of frustration? This is the equivalent of did he do the right thing in this moment? Yeah, basically what he does in the scene, and uh, I don't want to. I, I feel like I can't get in discussion with you about this because I know. Whatever you say is me wrong. No, what I, yeah. I know there is there is Spike actually Lee trivia. has There's Spike Lee has said like what it means. Well, what do you think? Just go ahead. It's a, but I know what I think because like Spike Lee said it. I think he's doing it out of frustration. Okay, I think All it's right. a culmination of both. I think he's doing frustration, but he knows that like this mob is going to kill Sal. Okay, like they're going to kill Sal. Yeah, as like revenge, and so in order to save Sal. He's going to put all the frustration at destroying the pizzeria. So ever, the, so the mob's attention will go to destroying the pizzeria and not Rather killing Sal. Killing, yeah. And not beating Sal to death. Well, okay. When I was younger, I thought it was totally to save Sal. Um, what ruins Sal right here, I mean, when he's going off on radio, he says a lot of racial slurs and that kind of ruins it. But right here, he goes, like, it's all quiet. And like everybody's looking at him, so I was like, "Well, you gotta do what you gotta do." Yeah. And it's like it totally ruins his character, I think, because up until then, like he's he was like, like he's Mr. in love, nice guy. yeah, he's like in love with um, Jade, he's yeah. like in love with Mookie's sister and stuff like yeah. that. And um, he offers Mookie this job, blah blah. blah. And then he says this one line, and, and it's just kind of out of place. Yeah. And you're like, "That's not him." I thought I don't know. I could be wrong, but I don't get, he, I thought he kind of cared for you know these people. Um, but apparently, from what I've read, now just the source is Wikipedia, but it says some critics have interpreted Mookie's action as an action that saves Sal's life by redirecting the crowd's anger away from Sal to his property. I didn't even like, see that at all. Others say it was an irresponsible encouragement to enact violence. The, I didn't quote, see that either. the quotations by two major black leaders used at the end of the film provide no answers. I see. One advocates nonviolence, 
and which is uh, Dr. King, and mm-hmm. then the other advocates armed self-defense in response to oppression, which is Malcolm X. Which is basically, he views it as intelligence, not self-defense. Violence for self-defense is yeah. intelligence, basically. And then Spike Lee has remarked that the only, only white viewers ask him if Mookie did the right thing. Black viewers never ask him this question. Lee believes that the key point is that Mookie was angry at the wrongful death of Radio Rahim. Viewers who question the riot are explicitly failing to see the difference between damage to property and the death of a black man. I see. I do not agree with that. I don't think questioning it is trying... Okay, so he says, if you question that, you are explicitly failing to see the difference between damage to property and the death of a black man. Like, they're basically just overlooking the death of a black man. Yeah, and you're just talking about the property. I don't think that's what it is at all. I don't think if you question why he did that, you're talking about the property. Because I I think you're questioning it because of Mookie's character. Is When he throws a trash can through the window, it's first off, it's so out of character for him, okay? But I think what you're questioning more so is the fact that Mookie shows up the next day and asks for money from Sal. Like, he's... He's got the balls and the audacity to show up to Sal and say, like, hey, where's my money? Right. So you're yeah. kind of, like, confused by that. You're like... Didn't you just throw like, this, this trash can through his... Yeah, like, didn't you, destroy, didn't you just destroy his shop? Like, so why would you ask for money? So I think more so... He was like, asking for his money all no, day. No, I know, but oh, what okay, I'm saying okay. is that's why you ask it, because it's, like, it's so out of character that you're like, why did he... Out of all the people in this movie, why did he do it? So that's why you're bringing up why did the shop get destroyed? And I feel so like I, I think that's where the discussion comes. And from. I agree. And there's a lot. I mean, everybody kind of looks to Mookie at the end of this movie. It's kind of weird. He's kind of like the leader of the, um, like everybody knows Mookie on the street. Yeah. And everybody kind of looks to Mookie like, what now? Yeah. He seems very like level headed. Yeah. And you like, can tell he's like processing all this. Yeah. And I can see it being both out of frustration. Yeah. And. Because like, it's his friend that just Sal. got killed. Right. So well, because like, the next day when he comes back, he even goes up to Sal. He's like, "Don't worry about the shop." He's like, "You're gonna get the insurance money." Yeah, like, like it's so, almost like he plotted it out in his head that of. it was gonna play out this way. Like, hey, but at the end of the day, like you get the you're you're alive. You know, yeah. it's like he's not saying. I feel like what Spike, like what Mookie's saying, he's not saying exactly his plan out. Yeah, forth to uh, Danny Ll, mm-hmm. but like he's just kind of like. You know, hey, you're just gonna, you can just, you know, cash on the easy, insurance. Easy fix, basically. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Like, hey, you're, you're still alive. You're fine. No big deal. Like, mm-hmm. radio's even, dead. Even yeah, out radio. of the, even out of the paycheck, he said, "Here's the money for the. You got your money for the, uh, the broken window." Yeah, and so. I, and I think what, and I, I think Mike Spike Lee's quote might even be misinterpreted on that Wikipedia page, but. I don't think people are getting property confused with the death of a black man. A death of a black man. I don't. No, think that's what that is and I, and I don't think like. I don't think the discussion would have been there if the movie would have ended with the mob just beating uh, Danny Aiello to death. You know what I mean? I don't think... Because then it would just be... Then there would be no discussion. It'd just be like, oh yeah, violence uh, creates violence. Mm -hmm. And that's what I I mean. There would be no talk. Yeah. And I... So I think that's what this is supposed to provoke. It's supposed to provoke like... um, uh, a conversation point with the ending where it's like where do you think what do you think the ending means like yeah and i think it kind of comes back this. to what do the right thing actually means um i had typed in like all this stuff about the ending like what he was trying to get a- across and one thing i read on reddit was um someone said can you explain the ending of spike Lee's the right thing i don't really understand what the they were trying to get across um and then there's like this whole paragraph that they said and the most voted uh thing was that quote unquote, that the right thing as a concept is very muddled. And I was like, okay, that's kind of interesting. Kind of like saying, yeah, do the right thing. What is the right thing? Yeah. And I feel like at this moment, what Spike Lee did or what Mookie did was the right thing, whether it was not the safe sour, whatever. Mm-hmm. And I love Spike Lee to death, but that's how I was portrayed to me was him trying to direct this crowd towards something else as opposed to you know, taking down Sal or whatever. Yeah. Um, but that's why I like watching this movie because every time I watch it, I pay very close attention to it, even more so the last half an hour mm-hmm. to really see what he's trying to get across. And I feel like that's a sign of a really good movie. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it ends with that next morning and he comes to get his money and him and Sal kind of have like a... I feel like uh, it's... I feel like they kind of reconcile. Kind of. But I, I feel yeah. like that's the importance of this know, scene too wrong. is to make up for the last scene because if the, if the movie did end with... Yeah. Uh, Mookie breaking the window and walking away. 
like you would still have that same interpretation of the ending where you'd be like, oh, he did it because he was pissed. He did it because he wanted he wanted uh, he was mad that uh, his friend died. You know what I mean? That's yeah. what you would have walked away with. So with him coming back in this sequence and the next the next morning over, mm-hmm. you could tell that like he like still like he does. I think he does care for Sal. Yeah, you I know, think, I, think I think he, he does. does. But yeah. it's like, but he still wants to stand his ground. Yeah, you know? yeah. Okay, and that's a really good way of putting it because even more so at the end, he goes to collect this two fifty from Sal. Sal angrily throws five hundred bucks at him, and Spike Lee is like, "I don't want that." He's like, "I just want my two fifty. Yeah. And then he, so he's kind of sitting here like, "I don't want your charity." But then movie's like, "Well, I'm also looking out for me." So like, as he goes walks away, he picks up that last. Well, he probably knows that he doesn't have 200. a job after this. <laughs> Well, probably that too. <laughs> but he picks up that last two hundred, and he's like, you know, he goes and does his own thing. Yeah. Right? And then Mookie walks off, and then like that's the end of the movie. Yeah. And it ends with the two quotes: one from King and one from Malcolm X, which one are about, differing opinions about. Like, which is uh, pretty interesting. Yeah. And so the movie says a lot. I'm sure it's dissected in film classes all over. And it's crazy because he actually dedicated the film to uh, six victims of police brutality. Oh, really? At the very end. Yeah, this is dedicated to um, Eleanor Bumpers, Michael Griffith, Arthur Miller Jr., Edmund Perry, Yvonne Smallwood, and Michael Stewart. So Okay, so I think, I could be wrong, I think Michael Stewart was the guy that this movie um, inspired. Yeah. It was about, um, I'd have to pull it up, but um, actually, Hanto, can you pull up um, um, what inspired Do the Right Thing? Just Computer. <laughs> Computer open. Computer open. Because there is a very specific story that inspired him to come up with the idea for this movie. Actually, I had just pulled it up. So it says right here. So my source today was mentalfloss.com. Very nice. I'm just saying it because I just want to make sure I cite my sources. But it says, um, on December 19th, 1986, four black men, Michael Griffith, Timothy Grimes, Curtis Sylvester, and Cedric... Uh, Santaford were traveling when their car broke down. They walked three miles to the um, predominantly Italian-American Howard Beach neighborhood of Queens, New York, where they got into an argument with some white teenagers before heading to New Park Pizzeria for a meal on a telephone. When they left the eatery, they were accosted. Accosted? Is that a word? Yeah, yes, okay. it is. <laughs> uh, by a larger group of white men, including the ones they had encountered earlier. Sanford and Griffith were beaten. Griffith tried to run, but was chased onto the Belt Parkway, where he was hit by a car and killed. Oh, man. The incident Jeez. was such a part of Do the Right Thing's DNA that Lee wanted to open the film with his character, Mookie, shouting, Howard Beach, mm. while defacing Sal's famous pizzeria. Interesting. Yeah. So, whether we know what it was trying to say at the end, I, 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 I this is a really good movie. It's a gorgeous-looking movie. Um I like Spike Lee as the the main character. Yeah. Um, I think I maybe I'm just zoning out. He's in a lot of his own movies, right? I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, but like, not not like this. So this he's is never, the only. Yeah, I didn't realize this, but like I have actually I haven't seen it. Red Hook Summer. Yeah. Mookie comes back in that. Oh. Really? Yeah, I did not know that. That was one of the that. trivia. I was like, I haven't seen that one yet. Oh, cool. Okay. That was his uh uh his self. It was it the self financed one or was it uh what are the financing. Uh, websites that you can go on. Oh, GoFundMe? Yeah, like stuff like that, where I think oh, that okay. was one of them. Uh, and, yeah. Okay, that was, okay. That was, that was one of his newer yeah, ones. Yeah, that was like, one of his newer ones. But I guess he returns as the character that's in That's really interesting. Okay. Cool. Um, but overall, if you had to grade this movie, what would you give it? Oh, I would give it an A. Yeah. I, I would give it... It's up there for me. I don't have any complaints about it. The only thing that hurts it is it doesn't have big rewatch value. Yeah. Because it's not like a movie you throw on. You're like, you know what I'm in the mood for? You're like, yeah. do the right thing. Which is weird because I feel like his other ones have that. Which oh, I feel 100%, like, yeah. like uh, Inside Man. Inside Man, Girl 6, Mo Better Blues, Summer Sam. Jungle Fever. Like, There's a lot of rewatch values. I feel like this is kind of like, for me, this is uh, really like rich like dessert cake where it's okay. like it's really yeah. good but yeah. it's like i can only watch it every like 10 years which right is now. weird because i feel like a majority of his movies if not all of his movies uh touch on racial topics but they do it in different ways yeah. oh yeah um, the, every movie does it like even inside man does it yeah but i feel like it, but in different ways like inside man is more of like a thriller yeah so oh it's like a, inside it's man's like a, definitely the one the outlier of all of his movies oh, where it's sure. like uh 
it the race is like I don't think they talk about race that much in Inside. They Man. do. Uh, they they talk about. There's a scene where uh, one of the cops uh, meets up with Denzel Washington. And Denzel Washington is trying to get like an explanation of what's going on inside. It's like when the the heist first saw like the robbery first happens. Yeah. And he started trying to get an update, like a status update from one of the police officers on the scene. And he says something about like, I think he refers to like, he's like a derogatory name for people that are involved. Okay. And, uh, Denzel Washington's like, uh, you might want to watch your mouth when you basically kind of corrects him. And then there's a whole, the whole, the whole part of the movie kind of revolves around that too. Like, does it? Yeah. It's about like basically the Holocaust. That's oh true. yeah, it yeah. is. I guess yeah. Yeah, I haven't seen it since theaters, so I'm trying oh, to remember. Oh yeah, yeah. I guess it's not. I guess what I'm saying, it's not as um, uh, real. It's not not relevant. Sorry, it's not as like thick as right. say something like because the main um, the main plot Jungle Fever. Yeah, is, the main plot of know? the movie is a bank heist, but yeah. the theme of the movie is some of these other things. Basically, the that's what I mean. Or, like these other movies have like. Like you said, like Inside Man is about a bank robbery. Yeah. But it has all these themes of racial occurrences. Right. This movie is about racial tension right from the bat. You know, you know what it's about. Um if you and want to, so oh, okay. I mean, if you want to pick a movie out of his filmography that has no bearing whatsoever on racial tension or blah blah blah, is the old boy remake. It has absolutely nothing to do with what racial, a, yeah. And honestly, what a random movie. That like, movie is a big his, stinker. Is it? That's I F- haven't seen it. I, as far as okay. like his filmography F- goes, it is kind of like the one in there that's just like, you know, that's like, um, it was kind of a surprise yeah, directing. That is a F-grade movie for me. Really? F-grade oh, has you, no... You like the original so The original's a so. uh, great movie. Yeah. 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 What's I mean, so it's different wa- from the, it's watchable. What's it's so different? It misses the entire point of like everything that movie's about. Really? Mm-hmm. Well, because isn't it more based off the comic than it is the actual? I'm not really sure. Yeah, original? he tries to just do his own thing, do his own thing, do the right thing. I get it. Yeah, keep going. Because <laughs> I want to say at one point, uh, Steven Spielberg was selected. Oh, yeah, to, yeah, uh, direct. But I think boy. he wanted to change the ending when Spielberg was signed on, or he was going to. He's like, yeah, uh, we're going to change the ending. I'm like, eh, we're going to get somebody else. Yeah, yeah, but um, it's it's not a good movie. It's okay. It's, it's really bad. Yeah. Um. Good casting though, because it's um, Josh Brolin and Olsen, yeah, um, Elizabeth Olsen. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. So good casting, but uh, so yeah, I would give it. I'd give it an A. Yeah. What would you get, Hanzo? Uh, I'd say A minus. A minus. Okay. Yeah. All right. It's so. The only thing that the only thing for me that uh, diminishes the value is the the storytelling. In what way? There's the jumping around aspect of it. Okay. I did not know that's what it was all about. Okay. So I was kind of like lost for a little bit. Okay. Um, one thing I want to bring up, there was a scene with Martin Lawrence. Oh yeah. When, um, after that guy runs over, uh, bugging out shoes. Yeah. He runs over his shoes. He he fudged up your shoes, dude. The way Martin Lawrence gets in his face, dude, I was geeking pretty hard. He's got like a slight little lisp too, which is kind of, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Not that it's funny. Don't get me wrong. No, oh, man. No one took it. it. You heard it here first. <laughs> you heard but, it. Yeah, it's just kind of, yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's 1989's Spike Lee's Do the Right Thing. Uh, next episode will be Matt's pick. Matt, what did you pick? Uh, we are doing a satire film on um, films from Hollywood called Hollywood Shuffle by Robert Townsend from 1987. I've seen this movie once. Uh, no, I've seen it about uh, one or two times. And I think it'd be a cool movie to cover with you guys. It's available never... on the Criterion channel. Ooh, so. we're getting real fancy. So I'll, I'll give you guys my Criterion account and watch it off there. Okay. So give, that's, that's give, two Criterion movies and, in a row. And give, oh, give yeah. the audience your login so well, they really, can watch but... it too. Yeah, we'll get, okay, my account. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, we knew not really. My, uh, do the right thing is a Criterion. It is, but uh, Hollywood Shuffle isn't. Oh, it's not a Criterion. It's not a Criterion. Um, okay. Yet. We'll uh, go, yeah, we'll go into some trivia, but isn't there something with the director? Uh, Robert Townsend. Uh, what do you mean? Ghost directed by somebody else. That save for the episode next week. Okay. Did you just ask my question and tell him to shut up? Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't I got a question did, for you. Shut up. I don't even know it. what the question was. <laughs> <laughs> we just talked about this movie. So I, I feel like we just talked about it recently. It's probably off air. Oh, so yeah, yeah. yeah. What else did Robert Townsend do? Because I know the name. Meteor Man. Yep. That's it. Ironically, he directed Eddie Murphy's Raw. Oh, <laughs> he really? did. Yeah. Wow. Oh, cool. Nice connection. And uh, Meteor Man. Wait, was he the star in Meteor Man? Yeah. Yes. Okay. That's why I know him. Yeah. Man, talk about a movie I know so well, but I've never seen in my entire life. What Hollywood Shuffle? Meteor Man. Or Meteor. I've yeah. never seen Meteor Man ever. But I feel like I just there's a lot of blonde hair, bleached haired uh, people in that movie. Really? Yeah. The cover. It's like all the stars of the movie, and it's like everyone is all bleached. Is this like, supposed to be any good? No, I don't oh, think okay. so. I don't know. I don't know. I changed my my movie episode for superhero month to Meteor Man. I'd be okay with it. 
so thank you so much for listening. Really appreciate it. If you have any requests, uh, please hit us up on Facebook or at cinemacultpodcast at gmail.com. Or um, if you have any, like besides requests, if you have any comments, let us know. We will talk about them on air. Um, thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate it. I'm Chris. I'm Matt. And I'm Honto. And we'll see you next time. <laughs>